Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. We are thinking through God's Word together. Today we continue talking about the church, and we are going to talk about deacons. And my guess is I will say I don't know more today than I have said in the uh, the last year or so, and uh, about more than uh, than I typically ever say. Good morning, Prepped for Eternity Homestead. Greetings. Uh, and Keith and Mike and Dale and Alan and the rest of you. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about deacons today, and there's a, there is a lot that I'm hoping maybe somebody listening live here or someone who watches this video later and comments on it can, uh, can help me understand. So we're talking about the church. And we've been through a lot of a uh, lot of discussion. We're kind of winding down here. I'm not exactly sure. We're gonna we're gonna keep plugging on through First Timothy in big picture format. And so you know we won't uh, we don't have too much more territory to cover here. So uh, if there are specific questions about the church in light of what we've been discussing, that would be helpful for you for us to talk about, uh, put, put them in the comments, especially after the video, because I can't see the chat uh, easily after we get done here. But the uh, the comments on the videos uh, after we're done, I can see those, everybody can see those permanently. So if you have specific topics regarding the church or questions that would be helpful to you, let me know. And uh, we'll see about taking some time to address those. But we're, we're getting fairly close. Uh, a few more days, I don't know exactly, but... Uh, Getting close to the end of this, and I'm curious to, to talk about whatever would be helpful. So today we're talking about deacons, and I am curious, those of you who are on with us here live, does your church currently, or have your churches in the past, had deacons? Just a simple yes or no, and anything you want to tell us about it would be great. So the most recent church that I pastored in the traditional model, uh, when I joined that church, became part of that church back in 1999, they had deacons, and those deacons were serving primarily as uh, ministry leaders, might be a way to say it. Uh, they, they, we had you know, men's ministry, women's ministry, youth ministry, uh, ushers and greeters and small groups and all the other facilities, that kind of thing. And they, the deacons were basically the leaders or the, the, the overseers of those ministries. Uh, so they were the, the touch point. They, they didn't really so much give direction as they were a resource for those serving in those ministries to, uh, to come and, and answer questions and that kind of thing. So I began to ask questions of the elders and the deacons. What, you know, is this what the Bible calls deacons to do? Uh, are the, the qualifications and giftings of deacons, is that really fit this leadership role we've given them? And really, what's the purpose? And I was just ask, asking questions, and that led to us basically transforming the way we did things so that deacons were not in that role. Then I began to ask questions further. What exactly are deacons supposed to do in the Bible? And we had some good discussion and we couldn't come up with clear 
job descriptions. So for many years, we didn't have deacons at all. Uh, I had one or two elders in particular that were every few months, they would come and uh, they would raise the issue because the Bible talks about deacons. And they would say, we need deacons. And I would say, I agree. What are they supposed to be doing? <laughs> and we would have the same discussion again and again. We read books. We found essays and articles and things. And we really dug into this trying to figure out what is a deacon supposed to be doing? And uh, finally, the last few years that I was part of that church, uh, we had deacons again and we gave them some temporal responsibilities to care for the needs of people, temporal needs, and to take care of, you know, the deacons fund, or we called it a benevolent fund, and uh, and make sure that people had the financial support they needed, uh, which was great. The, the, the challenge for us was our small groups, we had a pretty strong small group ministry, and our small groups took care of most of the temporal needs of our people as uh, as as little groups. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot for the deacons to do. So it still brings me to the question, we're going to look at here in 1 Timothy 3, what it says about deacons. But the question that's still on my mind is, what are they supposed to be doing? <laughs> I see uh, Curtis says uh, he was a deacon before he moved. Dale says yes. Prep for home eternity uh, says yes. Hugo says, no deacons in my church. Curtis says, we were like the shock absorbers for elders to allow them to teach, preach, and pray. Keith says, no, not that I'm aware of. Um, Curtis says, we oversaw the church building, maintaining construction. So sounds like, Curtis, uh, you were a deacon, and in your church, you were kind of serving the elders and taking care of building, uh, maintenance, some of those kind of things. Uh, so the elders can do what they're called to do. Now, Hugo just said, according to Acts, they are to support, uh, their support to serve. Could you show me where deacons are in Acts? I'll, I'll, while I'm teaching, you go ahead and look up that, uh, reference to deacons in the book of Acts, Hugo, and, uh, and show us, uh, where that says that. Dale says, if small groups take care of temporal needs, perhaps deacons can take care of temporal punishment. <laughs> That's a, uh, a joke because he's taking our, uh, church history two course. So that's a, a joke that those of you who are not taking that course, maybe don't know what he's talking about. Uh, prep for eternity says, I wonder if the term deacon fast forwarded table waiters, uh, fast footed table waiters, uh, encompass some sort of ministry in the church. Yeah, maybe. All right. So we know it's a, an office, at least I think we know it's an office because let me show you in Philippians, uh, at the beginning of Philippians, Paul says this. He says, this is Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including overseers and deacons. So overseers, we've been talking a lot about that. That is elders, pastors, bishops, all three of those labels refer to the same group. Here, as in 1 Timothy and in Titus, they're called overseers or bishops, but then he includes deacons. So he's writing to the saints, that's all the Christians, but then he points out or draws attention to especially the overseers and deacons. So 
that certainly seems as though there is a group of people at Philippi who are called deacons. The word deacon, diakonos, is a pretty generic word for servant or serving, depending on which form of the word you're using. Um, minister, sometimes it's translated minister. We tend to use the word minister almost as a, uh, uh, a synonym for pastor, but we really shouldn't do that. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a broad term, minister is, that's not uh, tied to a specific office. Uh, it's, a, it's a term for servant. Diakonos is that word. And yet here, it does seem to be tied to a role that is distinct from the overseers. All right, everybody sees that? That's pretty clear. Well, that, that's also true in 1 Timothy. We looked at the, uh, the qualifications for the overseer, the bishop, the elder. There are also qualifications given for the diaconate. And here they are. Deacons, likewise, like the elders or the overseers, must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also first be tested. Then let them serve and this is a, uh, a verbal form of diaconate. Let them serve, let them be deacons if they are beyond reproach. So isn't that interesting? These deacons have job descriptions. Uh, they're to be men of dignity. Their character needs to be strong character. Not double-tongued not speaking twice. That's interesting. That's not a qualification for an elder. Not addicted to wine or fond of sordid gain. Those are, so they can't drink too much and they can't be seeking great monetary benefit from their labor here. Hold fast to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. So similar to above reproach, and he get, comes back to this here. And it says they must be first tested, which we don't see that for the elders, interestingly. What's the test? <laughs> Is it tested for uh, their ministry, their service, the, something tied to the actual work they do for the church? Or is it tested in character? Do we test them to see if they're men of dignity and not double-tongued? Do we check their wine consumption and their bank accounts? What is it? What is it? Still waiting for Hugo to get back from the book of Acts and show us they're supposed to uh, to serve and, and support. So any... any uh, let, let us know there. Dale says, the fact that deacon is a transliteration seems to cloud the issue. I suspect if we read overseers and assistants, we would have a different first impression. Yes. 
why, where would we come up with the word assistant? Is that a, a biblical term or concept, or are you drawing on what someone else said? What, uh, Dale, what is, absolutely, if it said overseers and assistant, we would, we would uh, come to a different conclusion. Are you, are you arguing for a position that deacons are to assist the elders? Uh, Prep for Eternity says, could there be a key and an elder t- is apt to teach, but a deacon has no requirement as such? Uh, yes, uh, it is true. Deacons here in their qualifications are not, are not uh, that's not a requirement for them to be able to teach. So I think that can help us say there is clearly a distinction of roles here. The deacons are to hold fast to the mystery of the faith. So they have to be men who are committed to the truth, but it doesn't say they have to teach the truth. So these are not teachers, and they are not uh, given the task of protecting the flock from heresy, error, that kind of thing. So there's definitely, yeah, good observation. There's definitely a distinction there. Lon says, test is similar to 2 Corinthians 13.5 for testing as to faith. Not specifically defined, but presumably showing godly characteristics of a follower of Christ. Uh, yeah, there Paul says, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. So maybe that's what's going on here. Uh, it does say hold, they must be holding fast to the mystery of the faith. Test them first. So test to see if they're in the faith. That, that fits the context well. It is weird to me that the elders are not given that, that testing. Let me throw a little more wrinkle here at you. The next verse says, women or wives must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. This is sometimes translated as deaconesses, as if there is deacon and deaconess, and they're two different roles. Or it can be translated wives. It's simply the Greek word for a woman. It's plural. And the question is, is this a separate office, deaconess, for which, again, we are not given job description, but we are given qualification, dignified, not malicious gossips, temperate, faithful in all things. So we have a choice to make interpretively. Is Paul here saying there is this role for men called deacon? And there's a role for women called deaconess. And again, the question comes, what are they to do? But the fact that it goes straight back to the deacons again in verse 12 leans me toward the view that this is not speaking of a separate office, but it's the wives of the deacons. It goes right back here, verse 12. Deacons must be the husband of only one wife, good manager of their children and their households. Again, similar to the elders. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So you see the point? I may not persuade you, but do you at least see the point that it seems strange to me that he would say deacons, then deaconesses, and then back to deacons again. That that doesn't seem as likely as, let me say what the deacons are supposed to be like. And even their wives need to be a certain way. And then back in finishing 
qualifications for the deacons themselves. If that's true, why qualifications for the deacon's wife and not qualifications for the elder's wife? What is it about the role of the deacon that Paul wants to make sure that their wives meet certain qualifications? Uh, back to your comments here. Dale says, my understanding is that deacon is a generic word that has a definition, semantic domain of roughly helper, assistant, or attendant. It seems the office of deacon would thus be the elders' helpers. Um, I would agree that the dom semantic domain includes helper, um, servant, that kind of thing. I don't know about the attendant or assistant. I mean, I could, you assist someone, you help them, but when you now make a noun out of it, assistant, that does carry different, uh, different meaning. So yeah, you're making an assumption that the, the deacon is the helper, the assistant to the elder. That is certainly the uh, assumption the f early church made. When we look at the early church fathers, and you know, we've talked about, I think, how the uh, so quickly by the early to mid second century, you had bishops who were over the elders, and then the deacons served the bishops and the elders, uh, and so so their writings. That's exactly how they take it. I'm just as I'm thinking out loud here, trying to think: Is there good evidence that the term itself? means assistant in the way that we think. So if that's the case, then that's, that is quite a bit different from the way I normally think about it. We think of deacons as serving the church at large, but if what you're positing is accurate, then they are serving the elders. Hmm. That's interesting and, and plausible for sure. Hugo, uh, who's at work, that's why he hasn't found deacons in Acts, <laughs> says, no, not teachers serve with logistics and other needs which would take away elders from study. Um, yep, and that's, uh, what I'm trying to sh point us to is we're making assumptions here. We're not told this specifically, which may open the door for all kinds of things, which could be a good thing. Just, I, I'm looking for a little more specificity. <laughs> Prep Fraternity says, just wondering here, could there be a carryover placement in the church from Jews as far as a helper? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe. He also says that sounds like an, an altar boy. <laughs> yes, except we don't have altars in the church in the New Testament. Um, so yeah, you're all confirming my quandary here. It's just difficult, isn't it? We, we're not given a lot of information. Uh, so let's play this out. If they are assistants to the elders, um, and this is where the, the parallel that Hugo is probably looking for in Acts chapter 6, they're the apostles who aren't called elders anywhere. Uh, the apostles are called upon to address the, the meal prep and distribution to the widows. Uh, 
and the uh, the apostles say that they are not going to take care of that personally because they need to continue with the word and praying. And so they say, pick seven men filled with the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, and let them handle the uh, the practical matter of uh, of handing out the uh, food to the widows. And so what a lot of people do, and this is probably what Hugo is doing, is making the assumption that that is the model for elders and deacons. And that's possible. What I'm trying to show you is the Bible never associates them. So we need to be careful and not just make the assumption. Uh, it's possible, but the Bible doesn't call the apostles elders and doesn't call those seven men deacons. Um, but certainly those seven men assisted the ministry of the apostles by taking care of this temporal need. And so it, it is possible that the elders who now are taking on the role of teaching and prayer, which we'll see in chapter five of first Timothy, uh, and making sure that the flock is protected from doctrinal error and, uh, sinful, uh, wantonness and so on that the deacons are to help them assist them by taking care of the temporal needs of the church. Uh, certainly possible. It's just not explicit. So we're left to kind of wonder. Mike says, is God the author of confusion? Uh, no, but uh, but his people certainly get confused a lot. Uh, Dale says, isn't Christian liberty wonderful? It is. It is. And this is why we should be very humble about this. It bothers me because clearly... Paul takes the time to lay out the qualifications here and he addresses the deacons in Philippi. I want to know what uh, what they're to be doing and are we missing something in the church by not having deacons? Um, it's he says there's a there's a high reward here, a, a great confidence in the faith. There's a blessing, it seems for these men, and yet we're not giving men that high standard and and that reward, that, that confidence and high standing, because we don't have them and we don't know what they're supposed to be doing. If you do think you know, if you're in a church that, you know, believes these men are to assist the elders, I think it behooves you to push for uh, the elevation of deacons to the proper status here so they can have that reward, so they can, they can have that confidence and, and do the job. It's, so I've been arguing against the traditional model, right, through this whole series. And I think there's big flaws and, and weaknesses for the church and the traditional model of church leadership and even the whole purpose and gathering of the church. So I'm not leaving any of that aside as I say this, but I will say that, you know, the so often for pastors and elders, the biggest problem they face is burnout. That is a very common theme. People leave the ministry, uh, quote unquote, in droves because they are worn out, they're defeated, they're tired, they're discouraged, 
and a, a significant reason why, well, I'd say two, the two major reasons why, number one, they're doing it with an unbiblical model. Uh, they should, no one man should be carrying the load of leadership in the church. There should be a plurality of elders that are sharing it equally. That way, no one man is getting burned out. Number two, if elders really invested in deacons the way that we're talking about it here, then the elders would not feel the burden of doing everything in the church. If that's what deacons are to do, we are suffering the consequences of not utilizing them the way they, uh, they are supposed to be utilized, it seems to me. And then we have the whole business here of, of the women, the wives. Uh, again, it makes me wonder what, if, if these are the wives of deacons, is it, if they're serving the elders and getting into temporal things here, whether it's their financial needs or other things, is that why their wives can't be gossips? Um, because they're involved in things, practical things, and if they're going around talking about all the problems they see and all these people, that's going to lead to struggles. But but wouldn't elders' wives need to be the same way? So, ah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Hugo says they may be brothers doing the work without the titles or offices, which I agree. I think we are doing them a disservice by not giving them the title and the the encouragement and the and the award, uh, the, the confidence that it talks about here. Uh, yeah, Hugo says traditional model should never trump the biblical model. Indeed, but that's where we are. Uh, there will be a greater blessing when the Bible is used as a guide book regarding these issues. Agreed. Uh, I agreed, and that's that's what I'm working toward here is to try to help us get back there. Um, so anyway, like I told you here, I'm saying I don't know a lot. There, this is tough. And if again, if you have more insight and uh, want to share your practice in the comments in the video, I'd love to love to see it. I think this is worth pursuing. Uh, I think it's worth pursuing. And I said this kind of at the close yesterday. My goal here is not simply to throw stones at the traditional model, but we need to make a difference. And it may be that some of you need to become a bit of a gadfly in your church. Maybe you need to become a, a bishop, as we talked about yesterday. Aspire to that and go try to try to make change to get more biblical. And same thing with deacons, uh, push. You know, that one elder I was talking about in my, my church who just kept every few months coming back and hammering this, uh, it was a good thing because we did eventually ordain deacons. I don't know if we called it ordination, but we, we uh, empowered deacons to serve and they were esteemed among our people and they did good work in helping. And I think the Lord is pleased with that. Again, that seems to be the model that he set up there. So let me encourage you, be a little pain in the neck for your church leaders and graciously but fervently push them toward getting back to the church uh, model that we see in the New Testament. Anyway, that's uh, all we have for today. We will come back tomorrow and continue working through uh, 1 Timothy in big picture format and, uh, and see if we can become more faithful as the church that Jesus established. Have a great day in the Lord on this Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing.